0: Welcome to Swordplay. This is a very special after-hours Swordplay discussion, and we will start with the question of the day. Question of the day, Nick, is this the episode that gets us fired? Uh, hard to say. Uh, time will tell, and uh, <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> let's How find we? out. Let's jump into it. Swordplay, after-hours, episode one, uh, first episode, maybe the last We'll find out. So Nick, Um, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be random off the top of my head. Nothing is scripted today, folks. Uh, you'll ask me a question. Anything goes, any topic, any difficulty. And, uh, we'll see what it, what it trails into. How many rabbit trails or rabbit uh, holes are we going to dive into today? So Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. Um, so Nick, after hours discussion, uh, we're not even looking for a book chapter verse here this is this is just let's pick the brain of uh some swordplay veterans here so what you want to go first nick
1: well uh so i guess let's let's do a little background here on on swordplay we we are we are highly scripted uh when we do this here, so here let's pull the veil back right um we we take diligent notes Um, We know what books we've covered, and we kind of have a roadmap of where we want to go with some of this stuff. Um, We, last count, we have over, in a Google Doc, we have over 300 pages (laughs) of typed (laughs) notes um, that cover all different books of the Bible. And we're doing that on purpose because... Size nine font, right? Nine, Yeah, nine and a half point font. Um so tiny writing, lots of pages, and uh, we do that on purpose because we want, uh, at some point we think we'll hopefully find some, some publisher who's willing to take these notes and um, maybe turn them into some some volumes that are helpful and beneficial because, I mean, we cover stuff that, who else is talking about the apocalypse of Zephaniah, right? or That's right. Uh, who else is talking about? Who's doing running commentary on apocryphal works? Sure. Um, what? What? In in the brotherhood, especially right because uh, we're our background is Churches of Christ, Restoration Movement, all that jazz. And uh, when's when's the last time you read a good commentary on Esther? Yeah. On, uh, from from <laughs> right. the brotherhood. So that's uh, that's kind of the thinking. So we have we have the the written stuff, but then we also have the the, the verbal right, the audio files that go around the world and and are listened to it's an international podcast there are people around the world that listen to um uh to the to the show and we're grateful for that to all of our listeners thank you for listening and and you're making it happen so so that's how the sausage is
0: made folks yeah
1: yeah and so whenever we do an episode uh, as soon as we hit the uh stop recording button alex does he does all the studio work uh, so he hits the record button and the record stop recording button and all that and um, we'll we do this after hours just conversation where it 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 ranges from bible to anything else that's that's on our hearts and on our minds and and just kind of kick stuff back and forth and uh what do you think about this what do you think about that and um and i guess that's kind of where my first question comes from i mean we're we're in the middle of global pandemic alex um (laughs) and you can go as deep as you want or not what what do you think about uh the coronavirus pandemic and um i mean uh yeah what's your take on it yeah
0: uh okay. <laughs> so <laughs> pandemic, right? It's international. It's worldwide. Yeah, it is. And um here's the thing that catches my attention. The thing that catches my attention is that this is the uh this is the first time I know of in history that there is a serious concern worldwide that is being broadcast to everybody at the exact same time. Uh, And I'm just talking about like in terms of communication, right? Communication technology, the rate at which information flows, it is different today than it has been ever, right? I mean, the telephone wasn't even invented till the 1800s. You don't have TV until the 1900s and and radio and then, uh, you know, internet, cell phones, and now, you know, the high speed internet on your phone, your laptop, any device, And you have this consolidation of uh, news sources where you have these big companies that own all of the major news outlets. And then you have this model that has happened worldwide, right? And so you have every country in the world being given the same information at the same time. This is a phenomenon we have, have not ever witnessed before. And so to me, that is just the way it is. That's where we're at right now. But I find it interesting because if there was going to be some sort of lead up to an end of the world kind of event, right, to a return of Jesus sort of moment, we're not looking at a temporal uh, instance where you have this part of the world is having something, you know, disastrous happen, right? Because we see that for thousands of years, a nation rises, a nation falls. Uh, a plague hits here, a volcano there, an earthquake there, tsunami here. There are bad things that happen. Plagues, disasters, judgments, uh, war. But we are living in a time where everybody now is connected in a way that's never been possible. And so this is, to me, a foundation that lays for not a theoretical, but an actual an actual um you know worldwide force that can guide us all in the same direction at the same time and that force can be used for good or evil and um and so if it's going to be used for evil then to me this is like setting the stage for for a real return of Christ and so i say that with caution everybody thinks you know they're living in the time where jesus will return right everybody thinks their generation is special they're living in the most important like time and where the most change is happening and and so I get that you know everybody's got their own generational bias but there is something objective about what is possible today that was never possible before and so I'm just going to leave it there in generalities because there are many many thoughts right many theories out there as to what governments are thinking and, and when what's happening with, with like what to think about the pandemic I will say that I think in general the coronavirus pandemic has been exaggerated uh, greatly has been exaggerated greatly and I think there are in general people in our country who know in their heart of hearts that some of this stuff doesn't make sense and the way I know it is because every time I go out, I see most people wearing masks and it's under their nose, or it's on their chin or it's around their neck or it's hanging off their ear. You know why they're doing that It's because they're not really afraid for their lives or for anybody else's life. They know in their heart of hearts that this doesn't really make sense so i'll I'll, I'll stop there <laughs> <laughs> and um And I'll change and I'll change the topic because I I get to ask a question now, and it can be whatever I want. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I'm gonna throw this at you, right? Slightly related. I had a member the other month say that she had heard or read somewhere that since the international, you know, global pandemic, since the especially the lockdown stuff in March, that there has been an increase of people reporting having vivid dreams. They have vivid dreams, they have dreams they remember, and everybody everybody's had a dream that they can remember. It's not, it's, it's rare, right? But everybody, every now and then has a very vivid dream. So she said she she had heard people have been increasing and remembering more dreams and having more vivid dreams. And she was asking us, you know, have we, what do we think about that? And so I, I was saying, you know, now that you mention it, yeah, I've, I've had a lot more dreams in the last six months than normal. And. Aaron says, yeah, too, but she's pregnant, and that's normal for pregnancy to have more dreams. So what do you think, Nick? Is there something going on with people's dreams in the last six months?
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's that's interesting. I mean, I, I haven't heard uh, anybody on my end, um, any of our members, say that, but... Um, yeah, you, you and I we've talked about dreams. That's interesting that that you brought this up because um uh, we've each had dreams in the past, uh even in recent past that um they were vivid. And uh, I used to I used to actually keep like a somewhat of a journal of dreams that I had. Uh this was years ago, but I I got out of the habit of it. But there have been some dreams. So, um Alex, you know, I don't know that all our listeners know, there may be some that do, that um I'm I'm working on a book right now. Um a novel. Not not like a scholarly academic <laughs> footnoted thing, but um uh a novel and I've I've had uh, at least one dream. That found its way into the book, and um it was a very vivid dream and and it it got incorporated as as part of this this plot this narrative that i'm I'm telling and
0: what's that book about again?
1: <laughs> the premise is what if a wait a minute that was two questions
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the premise is what if uh what if a uh, a Protestant minister um, Protestant pastor stumbled upon a legitimate demon possession and so it's kind of it's kind of the emphasis is on the journey i mean it's it's written it's written as a it's a work of horror <laughs> so it's got some uh, hopefully i guess scary elements in it, but um, it's mostly focused on the journey of what does that look like? Uh, Alex and I we both come from uh, a a fellowship which emphasizes historically has emphasized cessationism uh, the idea that uh, you know uh, demonic activity uh, kind of went the, the way of the dodo it doesn 't happen anymore um, and also that 's informed our i guess the the, de- the demonic activity is kind of a the the um, second tier of a larger discussion about the work of the Holy Spirit. And does the Holy Spirit operate today? Does he work today? Does he even indwell us today? Uh, There's some even in our camp, uh, and his last name actually happens to be camp, um, who say, well, no. Uh, He doesn't even indwell us. He operates exclusively through the medium of the word. And so that's kind of where my character starts the journey is there with a pretty thorough cessationist worldview in terms of um, we have the Holy Spirit, yes, but he doesn't really work like he used to, and therefore kind of the the demonic realm doesn't operate in the same way it used to either so um so that's kind of the the gist of the 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 um, broad overview of what the novel's going to be about but Again, I say all that to answer the question about dreams, right? Um, because there's so many instances in the, in the Bible where people have dreams, right? We have uh, – there's a bunch of them in Genesis, uh, the mm-hmm. ones that kind of come to the mind. Joseph, Pharaoh, he has dreams. Jacob has his dream. Uh, in Daniel, there's a bunch. Um, Joseph, Jesus' daddy, he has a dream, that tells him to go and do stuff, and so yeah, a couple dreams actually. Abraham
0: so, in Genesis fifteen, Abimelech Genesis yeah, twenty, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's all over the place, right? And then you have in Acts two, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will have visions, and so, and that's the, that's the thing, right? Because when I've when I've taught Genesis is, um, and we've covered those dreams, it's like are dreams just dreams, or do they have do they are they something more than just dreams, and do they communicate? And if they are, how do we discern that, right? What what's the discernment process in determining um, if a dream is more than a dream and what it means after that, right? Because we don't right. have in our Bible, hey, here's the book of dreams, and this is what you do when you have a dream. So um, that's interesting. Increase in dreams. I don't. I don't know. Um, I guess I, I've had a couple <laughs> recently that <laughs> um, that are rather interesting, and at least one of them's found their way into my book.
0: So. You know what I like about your book? Your book has the central character who's this, uh, you know, preacher from a traditional background similar to ours, but the experiences you have him go through are are a collage of real life experiences that uh, you have collected from other preachers, from other Church of Christ ministers. And so all these things are happening to this one guy in the story, but in real life, a lot of these things did happen to these cessationist preachers. And they're like, what is this? <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's fiction, but
1: it's also based in some sense in, in reality. So it's it's kind of like a faction thing, right? Yeah. Um, and I have kind of collected these stories from from. Guys, you, uh, you're you one of them, Alex. I got a buddy who was a preacher here in the Valley who shared some stuff with me as well that it's it's uh, found its way in there. Um, and it's interesting, you know, when you start talking about this stuff because, you know, these things start coming out of the woodwork, right? And and we've had extensive after-hours discussions about uh, kind of our experiences and, 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 you know, some of them are mine. But I don't know what the percentage is. 80 to 85% of the book is probably rooted in these accounts that uh, have come to me or have happened to me. And then the other part is, you know, the 20 to 15, 20% is made up. Sure. And I'm going to leave that to the reader to figure out (laughs) which one, which one's. uh, Even even like the. So the the basis of the story is rooted in a, a demonic possession that occurred in 19th century Germany. And so I've pulled from that as well. But anyway,
0: are you going to pseudonym it like Mark Twain? Just no, prevent- I'm going to put my name on it. <laughs> Welcome to death threats and everything. Wow, yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> that's right. So you had like three, four questions there. So I guess I get to wrap <laughs> more fire like a running mind. commentary. It was all yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, <clears throat> umbrella, umbrella question. Um.
1: So I mentioned the Holy Spirit uh Alex uh, what's <clears throat> share all right share a time when um when you can look back on your life and you're you're like man that was that was definitely an experience with the Holy Spirit hmm.
0: wow well <laughs> you know, there's a couple of different directions I could go with this. So. Okay. I will pick, I'll, I'll give a few examples cause I can't, I can't just pick one. So I'll give a few examples. <laughs> right. So I think before, before a person becomes a Christian, even before they've put on Christ and baptism, all of that, right. I think, the holy spirit is still working in the world to bring about Mm -hmm. belief in people right so you got cornelius right example where even an angel comes to him before he actually hears peter and says hey god has heard your prayers they've come up as a pleasing fragrance and uh, he's sending peter to you so listen to him so you know i'm not saying anything like that has happened to me but i'm just saying Here we are, Cornelius, Gentile. He's not yet in the faith. He's seeking. He's expressing. There are, you know, the spirit is at work in people's lives. So there are a few occasions in my younger days as a teenager where I feel like uh, maybe it was the Holy Spirit, maybe it was an angel, where something protected me. Uh, So a couple quick examples, right? I remember one time I'm driving home from from high school and I had this like 80s uh you know Camaro and I thought I was like hot stuff right and um <laughs> so I I uh was pulling out of this parking lot not the school parking lot but another parking lot on my way home and there's I'm turn I'm trying to turn right and as soon as I hit the gas my car dies. So like I, I get like nudged down the driveway of this, of this parking lot into the street, but I can't turn right because my car's dead. So the power steering isn't working. <sighs> and so my wheel is like locked up. And so I can't turn. So I'm, I'm rolling at like a very like snail like pace. Like I'm still going forward into oncoming traffic. Right. Right. So I'm trying to turn right. So I have cars heading towards me, like that. I'm going to hit me on the driver's side, and I just keep rolling like a turtle across the street, and and I have cars. So I cross over the halfway line, where now cars are coming straight at me from the passenger side, and I'm still rolling at a turtle's pace. And like this moment is like one of those moments. It just seems like forever. And I thought for sure I'm gonna I'm gonna get hit by like 12 cars here and cause this huge wreck and you know i keep trying to turn over the engine right and i like every time i turn an engine over i like get like a couple more inches into the you know across the road and then all of a sudden like i'm still going straight so straight across from the parking lot i exited is another parking lot on the other side of the street and so I'm going I my front tires hit the ramp to go into this parking lot that I'm going straight into. And cars are coming at me and like I don't know if they're slowing down or not or how this happened because it just it was a you know crazy event. And I don't know how my car's going to make it across this second lane and get up into the parking lot because it's not on and it's not turning on. And I feel all of a sudden I feel force in the back of my car like you know how it feels when you hit the gas and like it kind of throws you back in your seat a little bit sensation of speed or like when you're being towed by someone Mm. you've ever been in the car where someone's towing you and like every time they like you come to a stop every time they start towing you and that rope the slack tightens and it like jerks you back a little bit Mm. so that happened like I got jerked back in my seat a little bit and my car went up this ramp into the parking lot with no force from the engine <laughs> <laughs> and and I missed all of the oncoming traffic by like a few inches like something pushed my car up into this parking lot hmm. and I don't I don't know what it was but uh, to me you know whether it was the Holy Spirit or an angel uh, God was looking out looking out for me that time hmm So I have another, another story, uh, just like that, except I'm, I'm driving home from a friend's house at like two in the morning. Right. And so, um, and is in Kansas, lots of railroad tracks in Kansas. So I'm driving home, you know, traffic's dead. There's no, no cars on the street at all. I'm just driving the speed limit, normal, normal driving. And I go over this train track. And uh, my front wheels go over do 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 do, and then my back wheels go over do 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 do, and as soon as I hear that last do I hear Burn! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and a train went by, and so like, <laughs> what? So my I, my car missed the train by an inch, and I nearly jumped out of the window like it was so scary. They didn't have the, the bars come down. No bars, no No flashing lights. If there were flashing, like, I mean, definitely no bars. If there were flashing lights, I didn't see it because maybe I was tired. It was two in the morning, but I don't remember any flashing lights or anything. I don't remember a train light. I don't remember hearing the approaching of the train. Like I didn't hear any of that. It was dead silence. To all of a sudden, my back wheel, and I was like, "What?" (laughs) So, uh, so I mean, I mean, crazy, crazy. And it was approaching from my from the driver's side. So, like, if I'd gotten hit, it would have been instant death. It was just, just crazy. Wow. So So, I feel like, man, some something was watching out for me. So, I've had a few instances like that, right? Where I feel like God is looking out for people, there are angels. There's the Spirit. Um, so, I'll, so that's one level, right? That I think the Spirit has worked. And uh, so, a second level, a second level, a uh, second level would be when I. This would be, you know, a few years after I became a Christian. So I think I'm like, nine, I'm like 20, I think, when this happened. So I'm 20 years old and I am reading through the Bible like for the first time ever. And I won't go through all the circumstances and like, but uh, like my life was in a very transitionary like point. And so I'm reading the Bible every night uh, because I'm working nights. And so I come home late. I'm still awake. I'll read for two, three hours and I'm reading the Bible for the first time ever. And my goal is to like go through this yearly Bible reading plan with my church. And, but I'm just reading until I want to be done reading. And uh, and I re- I get through the whole Bible in like two months, hmm. Genesis to Revelation, two months reading every night, and uh, I'm talking to uh, a guy who used to be a preacher. I was living in his house. Uh, his his sons were the ones you know who had converted me. And so anyway, I'm talking to him, you know, asking him questions about stuff in the daytime, and then going back to work at night. So I will say that there was something there was something happening during those two or three months where i read the bible all the way through and then i started over again and i think i got through the bible two or three times that year where i started over again and i will say that there was something different than just accumulating knowledge that was happening because i've read books you know i've got i've had i've went through classes this was post um you know post undergrad and um Or I guess, you know, I've been been through an associate's uh, program. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I know what it's like to study and to read and and to remember some things. But this was different. This was different. I started to find out that I was remembering a lot of things. I was remembering things that my fellow believers, you know, weren't remembering. Like details, like connecting dots, seeing themes run through. And I'm not reading Bible commentary. I'm not um, listening to to sermons other than like when we go to church. I'm just reading my Bible. And so I will say, I believe that, you know, and I'm a Christian at this time. I believe that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was working through me uh, and in me. And that as I was reading the word and asking for, uh asking for the Spirit's guidance that I believe God God gave me the gift of having a mind for understanding uh the Bible <clears throat> and doesn't mean I like understand it better than anybody else in the world or that I'm never wrong or anything like that. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> but I will say that uh, the 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 effort I put forth was uh, it seems like I was getting more out of it with uh, you know if the same effort was put in by somebody else it seemed like it was I was retaining it better and it was bring it was just bringing me natural joy like I I loved doing it and I still love doing it you know that's why that's why I do it for a living and so I will say that I feel like that was a gifting from the spirit to give me uh you know I've never been uh you know super academic uh where I can do this with any subject right any topic any subject no there was something different and so I feel like something happened there with the spirit mm-hmm. so that's that's you know perhaps a level that's more palatable to our uh, our community, it's just like, yeah, God worked through His Word to to give you something, and there is a gifting of the Spirit for teaching, and and from Romans twelve, and so yeah, okay, so people can can understand that. So I'll give you I'll give you one last level, level three, of how I think this have experienced the Spirit. Um, and this one is probably going to make some people uncomfortable. So I was at a coffee shop, uh, and this would have been a year ago, maybe a year and a half. Oh man, remember going to coffee shops? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> remember when we used to be able to do that. So, year ago, year and a half. I think that's all the longer it was. Maybe 2 years, I it's but I think it was yeah. So, so somewhere around that time frame. I'm at a coffee shop and uh and you've and I've been doing the podcast and so you you we share stories or whatever. So I'm sitting down at the coffee shop and I'm studying. I have my headphones in. I'm in the upper level of this coffee shop. There's lots of people there. It's packed. It's a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I think it's a Saturday afternoon. So it's busy and this guy comes in and I've seen him in there before and he's this homeless guy and he's like, usually like very out of it, mumbling to himself, like incoherent. He doesn't buy anything. He brings in like a bottle of Coke and just like walks around and, uh, you know, spills his Coke everywhere and makes people uncomfortable. So he comes in the upstairs, and he like sits down. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, she's like, but I got my headphones in, right? So I was like, I need to focus. I need to focus on my work. And so he starts sitting down and he's staring off into space and he starts mumbling and and it's just babble, right? It's just going. <laughs> and so he has no self awareness, right? There's 20 people in the room and they're all very, very uncomfortable. Some people are like giggling. Is that uncomfortable laughing? And uh, and I'm a little annoyed. I was just like, I can hear this guy through my headphones. Like, man, I'm trying to study. Like, I'm trying to work here. And I had this thought that kind of just came to me. And it was like, what if this guy needs help, right? And I'm not talking about like he needs counseling or he needs, you know, he needs someone to help him, you know, get out of homelessness. What if this guy is spiritually oppressed somehow? And so just you know, set, you know, just under my breath, right, under my breath, no one could hear me. No one's looking at me. I say a prayer, something to the effect of uh, God, you know, silence the voices that are lying or oppressing this, this man, you know, free this man, give him a moment of peace, a moment of clarity, something to that effect. I don't remember the exact words, but I know that nobody heard me or was looking at me. And as soon as I uttered that prayer in Jesus' name, I said amen, that guy was went from blah blah blah, blah, blah to boom, he stops and he looks straight at me, hmm. his eyes locked into my eyes, and I like and so I kinda caught me off guard. I was like, uh <laughs> 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 And so you know, I was like, oh. And he stood straight up, right? He's not like disoriented or slumping around like he was a minute ago. He stood straight up and then he walked away and he went downstairs and he left the coffee shop. Wow. And that was it. Huh. And so if there was something again, I can't prove anything, I don't know, but if there was something, you know, spiritual that happened there, it wasn't my power, right? It wasn't I can't I can't take credit for that. Right. It would have been the work of the Holy Spirit. It would have been the work of God. Uh, you know if you want to say it was god who did it if you want to say it was the holy spirit who did it if you want to say it was jesus who did it if you want to say it was an angel who did it it's just like i don't know but i'm fine saying that it was the holy spirit that the holy spirit worked through that prayer and brought this man a moment of peace a moment of clarity you know i'm not saying i exercised a demon or anything like that i'm not saying this guy like you know then then he like had a clear mind forever and cleaned himself up and wasn't homeless anymore it's just like i don't know i don't know what happened to this guy but I will say that there there are many levels by which I think the spirit works and has worked and is working, and those are the stories that sort of come to mind right now. Hmm. So, Nick, my question yeah. to yeah, <laughs> my question to you is, um, do you think that somebody? Could have uh, some form of spiritual oppression. You know, we won't even say possession, right? We'll just say oppression, and that they're a Christian and they're in the church, or they come to church, or, we, or and they just and they don't know it, and they're not even aware of it happening. What do you think about that? Of course, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Why do you think that? We have So, all right. Let's start with Bible, Um, Mark one, and there's a parallel account to that. Also, Um, actually, so Mark one, you have Jesus. He's in the synagogue. He's teaching, and the authority he's teaching with the people are just blown away. He's not like our scribes. So, you have a holy person, and he's teaching very holy teaching that is just impressing people. and Mark, favorite word, immediately, <laughs> um, this guy who is, uh, how does he describe him? He uh, A man with an unclean spirit is in the synagogue. What in the world is an unclean spirit doing in the synagogue? And he starts, he's not muttering under his breath. It's very clear and coherent. And he's like, um, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And so the synagogue was was the church, right, for uh, the um, the Jewish people. That's uh, where they went, uh, what, two, three times a week uh, on Sabbath, and then they also had a couple of midweek services, if I remember right. Um, and it became the place where the early church would gather Paul whenever he'd go into a city. Boom! Synagogue. That's where he's going, beeline, and he'd start teaching about Jesus. But then there's also uh, I, I thought of Luke 13, where there's a woman who it's it's Sabbath. Um, he's in the synagogue again. Jesus is teaching, and there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. And again, here's this here's a spirit disabling unclean spirit uh, that Jesus will exercise woman you are freed from your disability and she's made straight and, and, and glorifies God and all that um, there's two instances and there's I'm sure there's others where you have unclean spirits showing up in what should be sacred space and 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 here's Jesus and he exercises these demons um, he rebuked the demon that the man had and, and then he also did it woman you are freed. Um so that's instructive. Right? You have these examples from the life of Christ where these unclean spirits show up and they are oppressing people and and perhaps we could even bleed over into op uh obsession with uh the with the man who has this kind of uh exclamation, this outburst which you know, that's part that's one of the signs of obsession is these out of character, unusual emotional outbursts. Which I think that qualifies when he's like, We know who you are, you know. And, <laughs> right. So yeah, how would this man in his right mind say any of that? Yeah, exactly. So so there's your Bible. All right, let's talk about practical experience. The one that comes to mind is um our listeners, I think we've recommended, and we've had him on the podcast before, Jimmy Hinton.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's got his own podcast, and he, sh- he shares a lot about, because his dad was a serial uh, pedophile who was also a preacher and a pillar in the community. And um, and no one knew until it finally came out. One of the victims came forward. and And that's when... You know this this very elaborate web of deception came to the forefront and um, and Jimmy's dad is now going to spend the rest of his life behind bars because of his serial pedophilia. But here's a man shows up every Sunday for church, is a preacher in the church. pillar of faith in the community who has, he is obsessed. With very dark and outright demonic uh, stuff, uh, and and practices and and things like that, because that's what pedophilia is, by the way, folks. Yeah. If you don't know, that's that is uh, so that is where does that come from? The, yeah. that that doesn't come from God, so it must have its source elsewhere, and it does. It has its source in the demonic, and um, and so and and there are stories like that. That have come to light across the nation and around the world of people you had no idea, right? That's what that's that's how people say it, right? It's like, wow, we had no idea. Wow, this guy, he was a good guy, right? Yeah, man, every, see here every Sunday he was a preacher, he was an elder, he was involved, he was this and that and other, and and so what is that? Is it just a guy with a bad habit? No, that's <laughs> that is. Spiritual obsession, uh, and uh, uh, it, that's that's a very dark thing, um, where a person's mind becomes fixated and obsessed with darkness and dark activities. Yeah. Um, what about obsession, uh, or excuse me, oppression? Right, spiritual oppression, which is typically linked with uh, uh, sickness and disease. Uh, when people show up. Uh, to uh, for Jesus to heal them, sometimes it's just well they're sick, and you know Jesus heals the sickness. But other times, the sickness is connected to people who are oppressed uh, by demons, and they're not possessed, which is has very clear elements. Um, think about the Gadarene demoniac who is out of his mind and is not in
0: control of his body and words anymore. Legion, yeah. we are many, right? Naked in the cemetery, cutting himself, howling the at the moon. Right? Yeah. yeah,
1: just crazy, breaking chains. Those who are oppressed by demons—that <clears throat> uh, is—that's something very, very different. And I think, I think, the um, the woman with the disabling spirit in Luke thirteen is an example of. Here is this woman, probably a godly woman, and yet she's bent over. And she's been that way for 18 years, and it's because we're told Luke, the doctor, his diagnosis is well, that's something spiritual. She has yeah. a disabling spirit. Yeah, and and so um, some uh, evil entity, some malevolent spiritual entity, has oppressed that woman, and and she has this. Uh, disability, and, and Jesus frees her from that. Again, it's not that every sickness is from a demon, but apparently there are some which are. Now, here's what's really scary about demonic activity. Because the way I've taught it before, and I'm starting to evolve on this, the way I've taught it before is you have... You have to knock on the devil's door, right? And and he you know, when you knock on the devil's door, don't be surprised who answers. You have to invite this stuff in. And I think in a large case of these, that's that's true. Um uh people invite this stuff. They they go looking for it. And now more than ever, it is available to us at our fingertips. Just go online and you can search stuff and you can find stuff. I'm not advocating you do that, by the way. Yeah. Um but uh there's some instances where, like, in in the in the Gospels, where there are little kids involved, and these kids,
0: um, uh, how how did they get to the place? Yeah, the man where, with the son who throws himself into the fire, yeah, and in the yeah, water, yeah, yeah. Um, he said an unclean spirit seizes him and does that. It's a kid.
1: I don't think he's over there messing around with stuff. <laughs> he may have, but that's reading into it. What I think is probably going on there is. You don't even have to invite these bad guys. They're going out look. These are wolves. These are lions. They're going out looking for uh, the weak and the innocent, and they're going to prey on them. And um, and so yeah, I think you don't even you don't even have to invite the fight, right? Um, they just they, they come to you and they come looking for you, and that's and that's what's what's I think the the worst part of all this is people they just they they want to turn a blind eye to it like it doesn't exist but it's real there's a yeah. real war the look satan isn't waving the white flag right now okay he's we're still at war <laughs> and yeah. and and that's that's the nature of the war is these are malevolent spiritual entities no one is off the table um they're going to come after whoever they can now that's yeah. why we choose solidarity with Christ right yeah because those who choose solidarity with Christ, you've you've chosen your side, um, and you've made a public declaration, and so it doesn't mean you're out of the war, but it does mean you've you've closed the door, and and you you have said no, I'm I'm not going to open myself to that. Uh, doesn't mean temptation goes away. Temptation, another level of influence that the demon the demonic has, right? Uh, those those. Um, uh, suggestions, those ideas, those thoughts—where do those come from? That you know, we, that 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 are um, uh, tempting us to do stuff that we know is wrong, right? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's part of this as well. And so to turn a blind eye, to, and that's part of the reason why I'm writing my book, right? Is to kind of shine a light on this and say, look, this is real. Maybe not. Okay, maybe not to this level. Could be, but. We need to open our eyes to this stuff and stop yeah. pretending, sticking our heads in the sand, going, "Yeah, it's not real." They don't work that way anymore. Well, okay, well, um, they do, and um, and if you turn a blind eye to it, chances
0: are you're a prime target. It's interesting how we use the phrase "engaging in spiritual warfare." Just be like, well, there's not really a choice. Like you're in spiritual warfare. <laughs> it's hmm. like, it almost makes you think like oh you could be you could be on the sidelines doing nothing or you could get in the battle and engage it's just like nope you're engaged like there's no <laughs> there's no other option like you're in it it just depends on uh how well you're doing <laughs> right uh you were thinking uh, you were saying about uh, something, something you were saying was reminding me about judas right and how judas commits suicide. And how he uh, hangs himself in that in the potter's uh, field, uh, which is later called Hakaldama, right? Field of blood. And um, early church father, uh, I'm trying to remember which one it was, but there was an idea in the early church fathers that the field that Judas hung himself in by suicide was right next to the uh, Valley of Hinnom, hmm. where... All the babies were murdered and thrown into fire to Molech, to Baal, and Milcom, and Kamosh, right? These high places, these altars of child sacrifice in the Valley of Hinnom. Uh, very dark, spiritual place. Uh, Which morphs so, into
1: the picture of hell, Gehenna.
0: Gehenna, that's right. Yeah. And so it's just like Judas went out to kill himself right next to that place. Yeah. It's like... Uh, there, there are extra biblical texts that talk about demons who specialize in suicidal thoughts. Where you have, you commit suicide, you have suicidal thoughts. In the ancient world, intelligent, faithful people said that's demonic. Like, that's not you having those thoughts. That is, that is the activity of unclean spirits demonic spirits and thinking about today the uh, really the high rate of suicide in this country in the world even bringing that into the discussion of assisted suicide you know there you don't think that's demonic you don't think there's demonic activity there uh, inserting thoughts that are not your own it's like yeah that. I think there is <laughs> Yeah, and and
1: the the Judas case is interesting because it's the we're told specifically it's the devil who puts, you know the the plot into his heart right uh, to to betray Jesus and so, mm-hmm. I mean and and as it's presented in the Bible the devil Satan he's yeah. he's top of the food
0: chain in the yeah. underworld. Well, and, you were talking about the uh, you mentioned the occult right hmm. and how. You know, this information is not hidden anymore. It's it's at your fingertips. You shouldn't go looking for it, but like it's easily accessible, right? And the occult, which means hidden, is not so hidden anymore. Yeah. It's it's becoming more open, more out in the and, open. And it's
1: presented as a good thing. I was watching uh <laughs> you know, you get these rabbit trails in YouTube, you know, and they recommend stuff and I found this video of um uh these ghost hunters. Paranormal whatever, and I typically don't watch those things, but this one caught my attention because they were um they were talking to a young woman who uh daily has a demon uh, go into her and uh, she has like this uh ritual that she does I didn't watch that video, but I just watched the interview that they they talk with her and she's presenting like it's a good thing like oh yeah and and the way she was describing it was <clears throat> I forget the name of the, the demon that she would channel. It was weird. It's a weird name. They all have weird
0: names, right? Is it St. Germain? Uh, maybe. Have you heard of that? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, she's
1: talking about um, the reason she likes doing this is because uh, he gives her knowledge. Hmm. She gets the special knowledge, which, boom, you're, there's your Gnostic connection, Right but also um that's how it's presented now that the occult it's not only out in the light and easily accessible but it's a good thing. Look mm-hmm. you want to know stuff? All you got to do is channel your channel this demon to come inside you and your spirit um, guide. Yeah, and it's it's like no, 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 that's uh, that's it's a deception. It's a trick, right? They're just they're using you in order to gain a foothold in order to do something bad. <laughs> And they'll they're going to masquerade as an angel of light for a minute, but then uh, it's a it's a bait and switch, right? And they're going to they're going to they're going to use you for their malevolent
0: purposes. So, yeah the um, there there's a video of this lady who channels Saint Germain, and he's not a saint; like he has nothing to do with Christianity, but he's mm-hmm. this um, it's it goes it ties into the the new age you know guru stuff where he, he's an ascended master and, and all humans you know are divine and they're going to be ascended masters and he's going to you know this ties into the if you ever heard of the christ consciousness you know awakening the mm. christ within you it's it's, it's yeah. like a syncretistic thing it kind of ties in things that are very similar to to like hinduism or or buddhism where like you are brahma and brahma is you it's sort of this uh, one with the universe sort of thing and uh and there are flavors of it that people have incorporated into um, a pseudo, you know, Christian faith, and um, and it's always, you know, like you said, advertising is a good thing, right? <clears throat> and so there's that. Um, I had a side thing about, you know, the the occult and what happened to Judas. You know how he throws the thirty pieces of silver back at the Pharisees and said, you know, it's mm-hmm. blood money. I don't want it. and the pharisees don't take it they're like well we can't take blood money and so they they use it to to buy the potter's field for for judas for his burial that's why it's called field of blood um so in the occult there is a you know we'll just call it an occultic tradition and occult is a broad term right there's a lot of things that a cult. there's no like one book of a cult or whatever it's just a very broad right. term so there's this idea out there that those thirty pieces of silver uh, that business owners who have one of those thirty pieces will become uh, like the most successful among the most successful businesses in the world what that
1: is it like the like the pieces of the cross that people sell? And you can you can buy like
0: a piece of the real cross that Jesus died on. Yeah, except these you can't buy, right? <laughs> they're they're uh, uh, so so one guy who uh, claims to be from the the Reynolds uh, like aluminum company, right? Yeah, says that uh, his his family back to the eighteen hundreds was given one of these coins i don't know if it was he said it was given to him like by satan or by you know by some somebody else but you know it comes with a contract right it comes with strings attached and so you like you know once you you have one of these coins like yeah you know you get to be a billionaire now uh in these families they keep the coin in their in their lineage right in their in their inheritance for the family um there's only 30 of them right and uh and that it also, you know, it comes with this secret life, right? It comes with this, uh, you have the the life that everybody sees on the outside and you have what really happens, you know, in the dark. And hmm. and everybody, like the family, it's a family business. Everybody knows about it. Everybody has a role to play and it gets into into dark stuff, right? You know, think about, just think about ritual, right? Just think about the dark stuff that's happening in the Valley of Hinnom, uh, this, this kind of stuff. Uh, these rituals, these, these power grabs, these interactions mm. with evil spirits, demons, fall, you know, whatever you want to call them. It's like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people who, who say that it's still happening <laughs> and, mm. and, and they've, they've been a part of it or they've seen it or they've been a victim of it. It's just like, hmm, are they all lying? Are they all lying? Or is there some, something true going on there? And it's interesting that, you know, is some of this going to start becoming more out in the open? Uh, we know that with the occult, but what about, you know, there's there's people who have been pushing for some time now, but it comes in cycles. And right now there's a big push for um, what's called uh, age fluidity, age fluidity, people writing real laws, proposing to, to put this into place where uh, one's age no longer matters when it comes to uh, sexuality, when it comes to uh, sexual contact, where you can have an adult, you know, you can have an old man who uh, does sexual things with a young boy and it's legal because of the law of age fluidity, where the only rule is as long as both people agree, right? As long as they're both say it's okay, it's just like, do you know how pedophiles work? Do you know how manipulative they are? Do you know yeah. how how much control they have over their victims? Like, and people, this is this is becoming out in the open. This is becoming out law, right? And this is the slippery slope that people warned about when the Supreme Court was weighing the decision to uh, have a uh, homosexual marriage be a like constitutionally protected right and here we are arriving at the place that the christians said we would arrive at if this were to move forward what kind of precedent would it set and i remember my wife was in law school when the homosexual case came to the supreme court and she said that like yeah this was a discussion in one of her legal classes was that this opens up the door for legally protected pedophilia so crazy, crazy, crazy! Lots, lots of rabbit holes. So, <laughs> uh, going back to the thirty pieces of silver,
1: does Bill Gates have one of those? <laughs> George <laughs> makes Soros you, makes
0: you wonder. Jeff Bezos, <laughs> uh, huh? yeah, Elon Musk, right? The Reynolds family. This guy who uh, he says that he he left. Right, he left the Reynolds family and. Uh, oh. And, and so him, he's he's kind of outing them. Yeah, yeah, he's ah. he's telling people what really happens, you know, in the shadows. And so uh and some of his family have been like, you know, he's crazy, don't trust him, you know. We well, feel so course. bad for him. And yeah, then, I got to keep the secret. And then other, you know, other people are like, well, like he sounds like he's in his right mind. So, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he's not like making millions of dollars off of, you know, uh his book or anything like that. It's like so well you would Why think would I mean leave, you know he had an inheritance of millions of dollars, right?
1: Yeah. Christendom has their their relics, right? You know. Uh and I kind of made light of the <laughs> because someone the has said the cross, that there's a, yeah. yeah, there's there's been enough pieces of the cross sold you could build Noah's Ark with it, you know. And, <laughs> um But we do we do have relics. Christendom historically has had relics, and so I guess we would kind of anticipate kind of the dark side would also have their relics and Dark relics, yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, dark yeah. Exactly. Dark and relics. Dark relics. That should be the name of uh, book two for your series. Yeah.
1: Dark uh, relics.
0: I don't like that. Chronicle two. Dark yeah. relics.
1: Uh, the the pace I'm going, it'll be available in
0: uh, bookstores in 2023 or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Be on the lookout. And there, you know, that's an interesting thing to talk about too, because there are uh, relics that well for lack of better terms in the bible right it's like what do you what do you call it when somebody accidentally puts a dead body next to elijah's bones and then that body comes back to life
1: hmm. it's
0: like they that wasn't on purpose it was an accident yeah and boom back to life Accidental like, what do you call resurrection. Yeah, yeah yeah what do you what do you call it when uh was it was it peter's handkerchief that they passed around. I can't oh, Paul's, remember. Paul's, yeah, too. Paul's handkerchief. I forget what it was. Peter's shadow, right? So I guess that's not uh, a relic. But Paul's handkerchief, maybe that was it. The, it's either Peter or Paul. One of, one of, one of them uh, in the Book of Acts, right? They pass around the handkerchief, and people who have the handkerchief get healed. It's like, well, what is that? It's like, that kind of sounds like a relic. Um, hmm. Or, you know, what do you think about when the angel stirs up the water in, what is it, John 5. And the first person to get in the water gets healed of whatever they're sick of. It's just like, but they wait for the water to get stirred up because it's just normal water until the angel stirs it up, and then it's it's miracle water. It's a holy water. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, would we would we call it holy water? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it certainly becomes sacred and, and and effective. So that's there are some of these things in our in our Bibles, and are we you yeah. know. Maybe not too quick to dismiss some of those things, right? Hmm. (coughs) Well, I think it's, is it your turn to ask me a question? I can't remember. I lost track. Yeah, hold on. And I know we're sitting at a, we're sitting at about an hour. So this is after hours one. And uh, we don't, we don't lose our jobs after this gets posted. We, (laughs) we will probably have an after hours two and three and four and just from time to time. we'll, We'll sit down and just sort of shoot some things back and forth we've yeah
1: it's been pretty heavy um we did COVID 19 dreams holy spirit spiritual oppression uh the occult and saint germain with age fluidity dark relics and all that
0: yeah did you write but, those down that was a good recap
1: yeah yeah i wrote them down i figured <laughs> you know we'd probably want to put them in the in the
0: description They want something. to tell the same story over and over again
1: um how about something a little light, right? What do what you uh, – I don't know. What are you watching these days? Anything catch your attention
0: on Netflix or Prime or uh, anything like that? Oh, yeah. Um, <coughs> so we we support a streaming service called VidAngel. Hmm. Uh, that's V-I-D-A-N-G-E-L, vidangel.com. And what they do is you link your Amazon account or your Netflix account and they offer filters for shows that you normally maybe wouldn't watch or you get caught off guard you're like this is a great show and then all of a sudden this episode pops up where like all of a sudden they're dropping the f bomb or there's like this nude scene or something like what what's going on It's like you don't want you don't want that hitting you unexpectedly so vid angel they have uh filters and these are not uh it doesn't it's not choppy it's very smooth like. You don't even know the filters are in place, and you can pre-select what you want to see and what you don't want to see in this episode, or in this movie. And so, vidangel.com, excellent ministry. I really believe in the cause that it supports. Well, they have a series that they produced and they crowdfunded it, right? And they raised millions of dollars. Uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of donors. And it's it's a video series on Jesus and how he went about choosing his apostles, his disciples, and it's called the Chosen. So, vidangel.com, the show is called The Chosen. And I'll be honest with you, I'm always skeptical of the quality of these, you know, Bible live action, you know, uh, programs. Uh, usually, um, it's just not that great. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, or it's fill or it's riddled with like, you know, blatant problems, or they like have a definite like slant to their take on it or something like that. Um, but this one, I would say, this is probably the best one I've come across, and especially the first two episodes. The first two episodes blew me away, like just blew me away. Like so, even if you if you don't watch the whole season, watch the first two episodes, it's incredible. And so, the Chosen, and I've I found it very interesting, entertaining, uh, you know, encouraging. It's it's caused me to think about passages in the go- Gospels from a few different angles. And, you know, some things, it's eight episodes, you know, some things I, I'm like, oh man, yeah, yeah, you know, right on. And there's a few things I'm just like, ah, maybe. (laughs) So, but they, they, they take, they're not, you know, the script isn't written by the gospel itself. They're like, you know, the gospel, we're not doing that. What we're doing is we're trying to give you what we think is a logical background for these people and where they come from and their relationships. And I just found it really good. That's a... Kind of. so if you're if you're interested in sort of revisiting the gospels or or who the apostles were uh check out the chosen vidangel.com that's what we just finished hmm. what about you nick what what are you watching lately
1: uh i saw top gun for the first time ever <laughs> the other day the original uh, or the remake isn't there a no name? the original the original okay. i'd never seen it before um and uh I don't know. I,
0: so Tom, many cultural references you're missing out on now. Yeah, I know. I know. So now when you hear Highway to the Danger Zone on the radio, it means something different. Yeah, that one
1: and um, there was another one that was written exclusively for Take My Breath Away.
0: That's what it was. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, when people karaoke, you've lost that loving feeling. It's just like. Yeah, that's oh, right. Where, where'd that come from? It's like Top Gun.
1: Um, I guess I'm on a Tom Cruise kick. I watched the latest, uh, the newest uh, Mission Impossible movie, um, and which is very interesting because um, they want to release a, uh, well, they did release a, uh, a smallpox uh, plague in this valley over in like Afghanistan as a precursor to setting a nuclear bomb in that same valley in order to poison the water and kill off like a third of the world's population.
0: A third? Are they getting their script from Revelation? <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, you know, uh, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character, has to stop him from doing that. So. Interesting. I don't think I've seen version. that one. That's a new yeah. one, what's it called? Uh, Fallout. <coughs> Mission Impossible, Fallout. It's alright. I mean, if you like action movies, it's yeah. Uh, it, it's it got a little slow start to it, but once
0: it gets going, man, they put the pedal down and they don't stop till the end. But I've always been amazed at how great of an actor Tom Cruise is. Like, his, his acting is phenomenal. He always does a good job. Uh, but then in real life, right? Yeah. He's a Scientologist, like top-tier right. Scientologist guy. It's just like, wow. It's just like such a, you know, weird, like, man. Disparity and, and, between. Yeah, and then, and
1: then you know, uh, um, in his contracts, he has a clause where he has to run in every movie at full speed. Really? Like half a, no, I'm just, I'm saying that because like every movie he runs yeah, full true. speed for that's like true. 30 to 60 seconds. And <laughs> that's true. This one has a lot of running. He runs like a mile in like two minutes or something.
0: It's crazy. Does, a... Uh, does his own stunts, right?
1: Yeah, broke his foot in this movie and doing a jump, and yeah. Um, and then my wife and I finished Band of Brothers. Um, uh, the show or movie? The show okay. from uh, the from two thousand two thousand one uh, is when it was released. Oh yeah, and it was so. Let me think here. Episode two aired the Sunday before nine eleven and so if we needed a show that was it at that time we needed that show because it's i mean it's you know you get through and they interview the the actual guys who were part of easy company and it's funny because we're sitting there my wife and i watch it and she's like i say to her i go i think we've gone to church with some of these guys because you know we've known world war ii veterans in the church you know and Right and and you know a lot of them, I mean it's it's funny just to watch because it's like oh man, that reminds me of you know Bill from West Olive or whatever you know and and so you know we uh, so that was I, and I I'd forgotten how much of that show I had watched before, and um, I'd seen a lot of it. It's got good leadership themes. Like there's one episode, um, where you have these different profiles in leadership. Um, You have uh, the one guy who is just, uh, they call him an empty uniform because he's there, but he's not really, and uh, you can tell he's just like, someone put him there because he knows someone, and it just, it turns out it's disastrous because of that, and, but then you have the other guy who takes his place, who relieves him of his duty while they're in combat, Uh, and I mean he's he's like Captain America running up running through the th- through the war zone to get to the other company and then running back. It's just a great episode. Probably my favorite episode of the 10 part series and we're getting ready to watch the documentary uh where they interview all the guys from Easy Company the extended interviews I think is what it is and um just a real I mean uh it's got rough language because you know they're they're in war and they're not all christian fellas but um but uh and Might it's be war. The angel. So there's yeah and so there's violence, you know. Yeah. Um stuff getting blown up and you know, guys getting their limbs blown off, but
0: war. Did you say that uh, came out right before 9/11 or right after?
1: It's like uh the the second episode aired the Sunday before 9/11. So it was during that whole that whole time, you know, the you know, 9 Nine Eleven and that post Nine Eleven world, they're putting the episode. They would it would air on Sunday nights, and I remember watching it uh, when it would air at the first, but I, I didn't think
0: I'd watched as many episodes as I had. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know it's interesting. There's a movie written by uh, Christian screenwriter and novelist Brian Godawa, and yeah. he in two thousand one uh, wrote a movie called To End Our Wars. That's end, right. Yeah, to end all wars. And it ended up going straight to video because it's this movie about these uh, prisoners of war who are in this Japanese prison camp, um, and they're making them like build a railroad. And um, it's about how these guys like um you know, teach teach the gospel and love their enemies, uh, in the midst of, you know, being in imprisoned and, and beaten by their by their enemies. And um so it's a very powerful movie, man. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Starring Kiefer Sutherland. And uh, the reason I went straight to video is because they were building up hype and doing the pre-release uh, stuff. And then 9-11 hit. And boom. Who the wants last them? thing people wanted to hear was, yeah. forgive your enemies. Yeah. Love love those who persecute you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, we got to go get them. Yeah. Got to so go now, get the bad guys. Now we got to be a band of brothers and go get the bad guys. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we can't end all wars. and. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go back to war. <laughs> that's right. So that's interesting timing there. That's another good one, though, to end all wars. Well, I guess we ought to wrap it up, right? Hour ten. It's probably it's probably enough for one episode of After Hours.
1: Yeah, and uh, so uh, let's see. Go into the Apple Podcast uh, store or the Google play music store search sword play. You'll find the podcast there in those respective places, leave a review that'll help uh, boost the, uh, site, uh, boost the podcast in those places, share it on social media. If you were inclined, download it to your particular device, take it with you on the go. Uh, and you know, this is this after hours format is kind of a good place for us to answer questions. If our uh,
0: folks in the audience have questions, Alex, where can they send those? You can send it to swordplaypodcast at gmail.com. That's swordplaypodcast at gmail.com. So we appreciate you joining the conversation tonight. This is um, an experimental podcast, but if you like it, let us know, and we'll do more. So here's to future after hours, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Swordplay.